The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 231 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always out in LA by my co-host Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. We're fresh off the heels of some historic performances in the NBA. Are you excited about all these like video game numbers that we're watching or are you a curmudgeon like me who kind of rolls her eyes? At- no, I, it, it's funny. Like, um, so we waited a day to record um, just because of my personal schedule. And uh, I'm kind of glad we did because it, it is a good topic of conversation. Luca, first ever 60, 20, 10 game in NBA history on Tuesday night against the Knicks. Uh, but, you know, the same night, like, Joel Embiid goes for like 48. They lose to the Wizards. I think the other night, Darius Garland had 46 against the Nets and they lose. And, and and so, like, we've talked about this a lot in terms of scoring, but I don't know. I mean, when you do something, even in this era, you do something that's never been done before. It's it's pretty impressive, is it not? I mean, this is. It's amazing. And it like breaks your expectations of like what is normal, what is possible, like. Remember when LeBron James was considered, he still is, obviously, one of the greatest players of all time. And like, can you believe his numbers? He averages 27, 7, and 7. Like, wow, that's MVP right there. This year, Luka Doncic, for example, is averaging, averaging 33.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, 8.8 assists. And he may not win MVP because he's one of like five candidates who are putting up numbers like that. It's like, it's absurd. Joel Embiid, uh, 33.7 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, four assists. Jokic, 25 points, 11 boards, nine and a half assists. Tatum, 31 points, eight boards, four assists. Giannis, 31 points, 11 boards, five assists. KD, the other guy that I wanted to talk about, 30 points, uh, six and and a half rebounds. Talk about, and it's not like empty numbers or like chucking Kevin Durant shooting 56% 56% from the field, you know, even Doncic 51%, Jokic 62% from the field. And the true shootings are like in the seventies. It's, it is like nothing we've seen before in terms of like how easily these people are scoring. Yeah. And so let, let's talk about, so, you know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, I don't know about best player in the world, but we talk a lot about MVP. And I think like Jokic is absolutely Denver's playing a lot better. Like Jokic is absolutely on pace to potentially win his third straight MVP, which would be also historic. But then, you know, Luca, I, I think Tuesday night was the performance of the year. Like I, I doubt it gets topped. They were down nine with 35 seconds to go in the last 20 years. I want to make sure I get this right because it's it's pretty ridiculous. But I want to say in the last 20 years, teams were down nine with 35 seconds to go, were 0 and 13,884. Wow. Like it, you know, so basically, and, and that's not to say that like the Knicks didn't, you know, really nick it up and and allow them to win. Luca had to intentionally miss a free throw, scramble, loose ball. He makes a shot with a one second left, essentially. Um, but, you know, that's never happened. No one's ever had a 60, 20 and 10 game before. Uh, there have only been, I think, three other 50 and 20 triple doubles. And they were like, obviously two by Wilt Chamberlain. I think one was Elgin Baylor. I mean, then your highest scoring triple doubles ever Harden had 60 once Russell Westbrook had 57. Like when we look at like this performance by Luca, he scored 38 points after halftime, 25 in the fourth and overtime. I think he sat for 12 seconds in the second half and overtime. Like, I know we've talked about, like, is he too heliocentric or whatever, but, like, what we saw on Tuesday night was, like, a, a legitimately, like, an all-time performance, Dan. Like, one no, of absolutely. the best performances of the last 10 years, and I understand it's, like, I, a- Probably one of the best of all time. I mean, like, you're putting up, you know, on efficient number shooting. It's not like Kobe Bryant's last game where you just shoot 60 shots yeah, and Luke scored tw- a lot. 21 for 31 from the field, 16 for 22 from the foul line. Like, I mean, it, it's insane. Like, it, absolutely insane. And- and in a way, like, 
it's it's you know it's become the MVP is still pretty wide open. I think Steph Curry's gonna fall because he's hurt. But there's six guys that have legitimate like MVP seasons, but in in basketball reference tracking, awards tracking, which is not accurate, it's just like statistically. They have Jokic, Doncic, Embiid third, Tatum fourth, Giannis fifth, Kevin Durant sixth. And the crazy thing is, like, as it stands, you'd have a hard time picking somebody, but also like one of these guys is not gonna make all NBA. Yeah, if it's crazy, stands. right? Probably one of them will fall off, but like, can you imagine? Putting up like no, it's gonna 38, be, eight, 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 and eight, and you don't make first team all NBA. It's going to be Embiid. Like, and, and this is, this is, yeah. and so Embiid is fantastic. Like I said, he had 48 against the Wizards on Tuesday night in a loss. Um, Harden has actually been quite good since he came back. They'll get Tyrese Maxey back, I think, on Friday versus the Pelicans. But Tobias Harris just hasn't really been very good. And, you know, the Sixers are struggling a little bit, but like Embiid, Embiid is like on a Hall of Fame track. Zan, which I don't think we ever really expected just considering his like injuries, but he's, you know, largely been healthy the last few years. He's one of the best, I would say five players in the NBA. We've talked about this and like, because of what Jokic does every single night, like Embiid is just like relegated to like second team all NBA every year. And it's like, this guy is like on a given night, he's one of like, if not the most unstoppable player in the NBA, any given night, like one of them. And it's just, it's just funny. Right. Like, and, and Durant, like I, I was gonna say like an interesting quirk. Sorry to cut you off, but like, um, because you would think like video game numbers, all oh, this three point shooting has gone too far. Of these guys we're talking about, historic numbers, none of them are really like bombing like a Steph Curry numbers. It's not that. Like literally, like of those six guys, Durant's the only one shooting above thirty six percent from three. And meanwhile, Embiid is actually the lowest from two. At 56%. So you're talking about Doncic, 59% from two, Durant, 62%, Tatum, 57%. So it's like, I do think I wanted to posit this theory at you. Like, Tatum's the only guy even shooting under 50% from the field, right? Everybody else is shooting over 50% from the field. So, like, I think the first reaction is like, oh, it's just so easy to shoot threes. Threes are worth so much. It's unfair. But it's like, it's not that. It's, it's like the next level where it's because everyone's so three focused. Like you just can't stop a good player inside anymore. Like you just can't stop, you know, Embiid. You just don't have the guys. You don't have the rim protection. You don't have the paint clog to stop Jokic or to stop Doncic from getting inside. Yeah, I mean, like Luca, averaging like almost eleven free throws a game. Embiid's over twelve. Giannis is over twelve. And like Embiid is such a good free throw shooter too, like eighty five percent. Like he's scoring ten points a game at the foul line. Like you said, you just get, there's there's literally nothing you can do about that. It's it's. I think it's really interesting when you look at the MVP race, though, because like there's a number of like kind of factors that this might be your time to shine, Zan, because like the narrative aspect of it might and honestly be who wins the award. Right. Because we are going to have I, I would say, like you said, the top six absolutely have a legitimate claim to be the league's most valuable. Like in player. an average year. Yes. And I, and I think that we'll see, you know. Like you said, Steph will probably fall off. He absolutely had a claim before he got hurt. If he misses a month, it'll be hard for him. And then, like, we'll probably see LeBron, I would imagine, like, play his way into the conversation. He's been very good of late. Maybe somebody like Zion, once he's back, you know, can play his way into the conversation. I'm I'm not 100% sure. But what I think is going to happen is, like, what narrative ends up being the best? Like, is Jokic actually the best player? We've we've debated this before. Or is, like, Luka the best player? Is it his time, like whose team plays better down the stretch. Jason Tatum's like the best player on the best team, but they're only two and a half games up on Milwaukee. So like, is Giannis going to have that claim? And then, like I said, you know, to me right now, like Kevin Durant, he's playing on this team that we is just like rife with uh, distractions. I would say the Nets have won nine straight games and they just got TJ Warren back. Like, what and if like the they're, Nets... they're playing quietly? Like I think Jock Vaughn is like, stumb- like <laughs> stumbled. Yeah, I mean, stumbled into something really nice. Not, I mean, stumble like he's a bad coach, but it's just like it's that situation of like we talked about with Draymond. The Warriors are having a tough year, but it's like if you just let this go, don't overreact. Things will settle and work its way out. And like the Nets had such a bad summer, such a bad first month, drama wise too. Didn't panic kind of settled into something and then it's like hey the talent's really good still they're still going to win a lot of games and i think nick claxton's playing well ben simmons quietly his defensive numbers are 
you know, really good player of he's, the year worthy. He's about, you know, when we were talking about the Nets earlier, I was like, you know, I don't think I'd panic about Ben Simmons because, like, he's got to get his timing back. And, you know, whether or not Ben Simmons is ever a 20-point-per-game scorer, I think those days might be gone. But, Zan, like, he's exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. It's – it's and, and I, I will say, like, they have not exactly just, like, trounced bad teams, right? Like, so this – they've won – 13 of 14 as of right now, right? And so started with Portland. They beat Orlando, Washington, and Toronto. They lost a tough game at home to Boston. But then Charlotte is obviously terrible. But then they beat Atlanta. They went on the road, beat Indiana, beat Toronto, beat Golden State, beat Milwaukee, just went into Cleveland and won pretty handily. Like they're beating the teams they're supposed to be, but they're also beating teams that we think are are good. You know, and whether or not they're as good as the Clippers, I, I just think that like Durant's ability to – I mean, you sent me that stat the other day that he's shooting 58.6% on jump shots, which would be the highest of all time over his own season last year. Mm-hmm. But, like, Durant all of a sudden feels like an afterthought because of, like, what we're seeing around the league and kind of because of what happened with the Nets. But he's played the most games of anybody in the NBA MVP race. He's he's playing 36 minutes a night. He's averaging 30 points a game on 56, 37, 92 and a half. Like... How is he not right now the MVP MVP front runner? In my, like, in my opinion, like I, I I don't know how he isn't like considering well, you th- you what we think saw he's like from playing the, Nets, the best basketball. I think he's playing the best basketball and his team, which you know a month ago we felt like ah you know maybe they're going to make the playing game like this isn't going to work out like all of a sudden like to me the Nets are terrifying. I don't know that they're as good as Boston. I don't know they're as good as Milwaukee. Like who knows if things get difficult what we see from them? But like the Nets are terrifying to me. Like I'm glad right. I have him in the wins draft. I don't want to buy out now. Maybe right. maybe the Nets get me to 55 wins. <laughs> it's interesting stylistically because you look at Luca, for example, who's scoring a lot too. But let's just look at his playmaking, where it's like he's a one man offense. Where it's like he's so valuable because he can draw double teams, find open guys, get so many quality shots for teammates. Isn't it great? He makes everyone better. Durant's almost like the opposite in a way, where it's like he. Um, will draw the double teams or whatever, or, you know, just draw tough defenses and just score over them himself. So he doesn't necessarily need great offensive teammates to score. Um, in the same way, like Luca, probably you could use some shooters around him or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so in that way, you're able to play Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton together, and you could play like different lineups and maybe yeah, more defenders. Durant, he's going to do everything offensively, and he'll score no matter what. I was going to say Durant and Kyrie both can do that like yeah they both are just like immune to like floor spacing like they don't need it like the two of them can just score at all times and it's interesting like i don't remember i think i said this over the summer like when the nets traded for ben simmons that like they needed him to be draymond green like but better mm-hmm. and uh he sort of is becoming that right because he's averaging like eight points a game I think he's averaging like eight points seven rebounds and six assists but he's their leading assist guy. He's playing just under 30 minutes a night, like on this specific team. I do think it would have worked out with James Harden if they could have figured it out. Like if Kyrie had just like either gotten vaccinated or COVID didn't happen, I do think it would have worked out, but like possibly the Nets got it right. Like they were like, you know what? We have these two stars. They're weirdos. Like who the hell knows where Kyrie's going to play next year. Right. But he's been awesome of late. Like he's playing great. You know, the media is not really on him anymore, which is, uh, you know, I don't know, neither here nor there, I guess. But, and so like, they just have, like you said, like they have Royce O'Neal, they have Claxton, they have Ben Simmons. Like those guys all have specific roles. Then they have Joe Harris and Seth Curry, like, Hey, make shots. Now they have TJ Warren coming off the bench, scoring 10 points in 18 minutes a game. Like, and now they have your, you have your second unit scorer who can play with Ben Simmons. You don't need him to prop up a second unit anymore if TJ Warren really is the guy that we saw like in the bubble, like all of a sudden the Nets went from a team that we were like, huh, you know, we're not too sure. Maybe they're not that deep to a team of like, wow, they can actually go 10 deep and play a bunch of different lineups. Now yeah. I, I do worry. So do you think they're a legitimate title? I, would you rank them below Boston and Milwaukee or do you think they're yeah. right up there in that tier? I think I would, I think I would rank them below Boston and Milwaukee for sure. Right now. Um, I, I worry, you know, Durant's 34, right. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to think that like, He's injury prone. Like, yeah, you know, his two major injuries, one was an Achilles tear and then he had the Jones fracture. But there, like, there are reasons to think he's injured. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had some like hamstring stuff. But I just mean like there's no reason to think that like 
Like, are you more confident in Durant playing a lot of games or Steph Curry? Is my question, I, I guess. Oh, that's why I was going to say my next point was going to be like, if you're predicting MVP specifically, and you're betting it on bovadasportsbook.com, wherever you look at the odds, they're all pretty close at this point. You could bet any of these top six. Um, what's what is you, what is the range of the top six? Do you, do you have it open by chance? I don't have it open. Let me, go, let me go look it up. But as I do, like I, you know, I did a study on this because I was betting it and writing posts about it. And I've said the stat before, but like in the nineties, the average age for the MVP was like 35. Yeah. Now it's younger. Now it's like 26 in the last decade plus. And it's just because old guys get hurt and old guys manage their minutes. And so I do think that's why you would, shouldn't have bet on Steph Curry for MVP because he's inevitably going to miss some time, whether it's load management or injury. And that's why for the same reason, I don't think people should bet on Durant for MVP just because old guys have not won it recently. I think, no one past 30 has won it in like 10 years. Um, and I would almost say the same thing for Embiid. Like, I don't know if they're going to let him go nuts. You know, like he should manage his minutes probably just because he's had some injury issues. Um, so I, for that reason, I would avoid those two guys. Right now, I'll give you the odds though. Um, Tatum is plus 275. He had been the heavy favorite and that's declining a little bit. Luca plus 275. He's been right around there all year. He was the preseason favorite. Giannis, kind of a forgotten man right now, plus 400. Jokic, maybe value, plus 450. Do you think Giannis will ever win another MVP? It's not even like, this is not a whether or not he's good enough to win an MVP, but like, is Giannis like the most like afterthought, like yeah. great player of all time? Like, I'm not even well, this point to be MVP. It's just funny. Like, well, Durant maybe plus 850, Embiid plus. Um, a thousand, and that's you know ten to one. Then no one else is. I mean, if I was going to bet on that, I would bet on Jokic plus four fifty. They're twenty two and eleven. Like they're really starting to play a lot better. They're the one seed in the West. Like if they win the West, and he, you know, he he's actually not shooting it great from three right now. I think. Let me see. I, I think he's shooting like thirty three percent. Right. But I would expect that to raise up a little bit. Like he's probably going to finish the season shooting like, you know, his numbers would probably be like twenty seven, eleven, and. 10 i don't know he's at nine and a half assists a game like well that's what my other like research point was emphasis point of emphasis was the idea of like voter fatigue and like oh they want something new and that really hasn't been the case in the last 20 years because there's been almost as many repeat winners as new winners and then the question is like well can you win three times in a row and it's rare but the only times like the only times basically somebody does not win if they have the best stats is somebody else has a better record. And yeah. so like LeBron was going to win his third, but then Derek Rose jumps out of nowhere with the number one seed and they give it to Derek Rose. And that was actually like, it wasn't a great voting show for the electorate, but like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like egregious. Right. Like, no. And, and it was based on wins. Cause like the bulls had a better record than like the loaded Miami heat that year. So you could argue that he was right. And that was, ball. wasn't that the first year of the heat too. And like they, yeah, I think it was the. I don't know if it was the second. Maybe. No, because they lost remember. that year. They lost that year because they beat they beat the Bulls in the playoffs and LeBron oh, okay. guarded Rose for like a lot. Okay, of Okay, yeah. So that was a team that Miami was supposed to win seventy games and only yeah. won like whatever. 60. So there was like another thing. There was kind of like your good narrative there. But to your point, for Jokic, if he's putting up you know elite, elite, top of the line stats, and the Nuggets right now have the one seed, there is no stopping him. Like right now, I think he would win MVP if the vote was right now. And the, and the Nuggets were sitting on the. Do you spot. do you think he would like? Okay, so here's the other thing. Like, and this is kind of an interesting question. I think, in terms of like, so like Marcus Smart, right? We we beat this this horse, you know, to death. But like Marcus Smart wins Defensive Player of the Year last year, and it was kind of like a coronation of like, hey, he's a really good defender. Like Boston had the best defense. We got to give him an award, whatever. Like, even though, like I said, Robert Williams was their best defender. I think there is a push given Jason Tatum's age and kind of like mm. who he is to the league. I think there will be some push for Jason Tatum to win MVP. And that's not to say that he is not deserving. Like, he's yeah, I think amazing. he would finish. If the voting was right now, I think he would finish second because you they. Do, you do think he'd finish second. I think he'd well, finish. Well, and maybe number today, one because today. they are for, you know, I think his would have to be, you know, a record argument and they're number one seed across the, the league. I mean, plus, I like, think they're going to have to win like. 10 more games than anyone else but, though, but for here, that to work. But here's also the thing, like Boston is a big market, right? Bigger than Denver. 
they get a ton of games. Like they got the prime time, like Christmas day game where he had 40 against Milwaukee, like where he was clearly outplayed Giannis, even though like they don't guard each other, whatever, you know, and, and Boston for some reason, they have this like aura where like the rest of their players other than Jalen Brown, like aren't that good, which is just like not true. Right. Boston is a very good team. They've been built very well, like whatever. I, I just feel like, you know, he was at the Olympics. It was like a big deal. Like, yeah, I, it, I is, do, it was, I, feels I feel like, like there's year. a big push that he's like the next great, great, great American player who's going to be. And, and you might say like, hey, that's stupid. But like, you're the narrative guy. Like, you know, narrative. No, I, yeah, but like, I don't really buy the narrative for MVP. And I do think right now he might win. But then I think voters would sober up and settle down and be like, look, Jokic is scoring more efficiently. Jokic is averaging nine and a half assists to Tatum's four. And they're both number one seeds. So how do we argue? The only argument is like, we love Boston. We're all from Boston. Every writer seems to be from Boston at some point. Um, so I think he would have a chance, but really, I think in the long run. It really is true. Do you think but, that Kevin you know, O'Connor you could argue that that Kevin O'Connor will vote for Jokic over? I think Jason he would. Yeah. He probably he would. would. He probably and would. there are more voters like that than like Bob <laughs> Ryan nowadays. Um, Bob Ryan already voted for Jason Tate. He put his envelope <laughs> in the mail already. But I do think you could argue that the Celtics are a lot more likely to stay at number one than Denver and maybe be the number one seed by a good margin. And, and then that's his argument. I think if I was betting, I think Durant just age wise, don't bet on him. Embiid injury wise, don't bet on him. I think it's going to come down to Jokic and, and Doncic. So you do not. So if you were betting right now, you you don't think Tatum would be in. The I would not bet on Tatum at the end of the year because I just don't think he's whatever year eight seven whatever it is for him. Like he's just not capable of putting up their level of numbers. I just don't see it. Like he might be really close this year, but he's playing really well. This is like peak Tatum, and it's still a little lower than Doncic. You know, so that's, like that's how probably you... fair. I, I would say that I think Luca has been better than Jason Tatum this year. I, I don't yeah. think, honestly like I don't. I don't statistically really think it's that Luca Luca's ability to take his game to the next level when like the Mavs have like made their roster worse is is kind of amazing. Like. I don't think, you know, I was pretty bullish on this Mavs roster and it's it's tough, I think, in the offseason to like look into how team, you know, like I was bullish on Minnesota and like Rudy Gobert just doesn't look like the right fit until they kind of like fix the roster around him. But like Luka has just gotten better. Like we've talked about this before, like what jump does he have? Like what can he do? What can he do? And it's like it just doesn't matter. Like he's shooting better from three, like his free throw rate's gone up. Like it's like the roster got worse and Luke is just like, all right, I got to do more. And so, yeah, like I do think there's probably some harden in him in the playoffs where he's going to get there and he's going to have to play 45 minutes a night. And like that does bother me. But in terms of like the regular season, like I, I don't know that we're not getting into the territory where like, like I said, I thought Luke was the best offensive player last year. Right. But I don't know that we're not getting into the territory where now like he's just becoming so hard to stop that like you're going to see more stuff like this because like he, yeah. he he's, you know, before it was like, all right, we saw Luca. He had th- think about this, Zan, like how many times you text me? You're like, Oh, Luca has 31 in the first half. And then like the second half, he shoots like two for 12 and finishes like 38 points and they lose. Right. Like that's a common thing for him. But now we're seeing so many more performances where he shoots like 60% from the field. And then he makes, you know, honestly, if he's a better free throw shooter, he probably lead the league in scoring, but he's only shooting like 75% from the foul line. Like, yeah, and and you're right. Like the endurance seems better, the fitness seems better. Ten free throws a game, except for the fact that after the game on Tuesday night, he said he needed to go get a beer. I'm sure, like some, like <laughs> I'm sure, like some, like basketball purist is gonna be like, that's why he's never gonna win. He's such a doughboy. Like, but he does. But he seem, is, like, like, he, is yeah, it's better. He's year five. You know, he's like right in the thick of his prime, even though he's young. He's 23, and so for that reason, Tatum's probably gonna be able to keep it up too. Doncic will keep it up, but. It's weird though the Mavs, you know, nineteen and sixteen, despite only, playing like like a, historically because of him, like yeah, but like it doesn't feel like it's like is this the end game? Like Doncic takes the next step and the team is still a five seed. Um, and it's yeah, just it's you know what throw through me for loop is like okay, they made their big move. They traded for Porzingis, second star, and then oh, you know what? We don't really need another like ball dominant second star. Let's just get like role players around him, basically. And and then, then they traded for like Christian Wood. Okay, maybe we do need a little bit more scoring, uh, secondary score. 
And then there there was like a report like the Mavs are mixed on whether they want to re-sign Christian Wood or not. I'm like, yeah, what, already, what's the right? plan like, here? Like, are do you want somebody else? Do you not want somebody else? Like, are you just going for MVPs at this point? I mean, are you trying to win the title? I don't really know where the direction is. Like, if they figured out how to translate this like transcendent talent into actual, you know, titles. They were close Christian last Wood year, be- I guess, but not really. But like here's the other thing though, too, and this is where there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities to like 2007 LeBron. This team is is better than his roster, and obviously they're in the West, yeah. but it is tough because like Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't really been the shot creator they thought he would be. Tim Hardaway Jr. is is not that guy, right? And like you said, Christian Wood is is a good offensive player, but like you you really don't want to be like throwing it to Christian Wood, you know, twenty five times a game and be like, get us a shot. They don't. Bertans like can't even play, right? Like. Reggie Bullock, there was this awesome stat where if he scores like six points, the Mavs win like 95% of their games. But I, I think that if you're Dallas, I can't ever see Mark Cuban losing Luka Doncic, right? Like I just yeah. don't see it happening. But there is something to be said for the fact that like Cleveland couldn't couldn't get a team around LeBron at his peak, right? And he had to go to Miami. He built a super team. Like then he went to Cleveland. He wins a title with like Kyrie and Kevin Love. like they are going to need to find a true second like high level all-star i think for luka to win a title like i don't think you can do it as luka doncic and his band of merry men it's like just not possible right yeah like, i tend to agree with you but then like but who is yeah, that guy i don't know and who like, wants to play with luka because he's just gonna like you're gonna go there and sit around and he has this ball the entire game i i don't i don't honestly know about that i i don't know about that like, and he's not american i do think there's a part of American, you know, basketball players where they like, I'm buddies with LeBron. I'm going to go team up with LeBron. I don't think they feel that with Luke. That's possible. But I I will say like, when you're talking about like, you're going to go and like sit there and not like Lucas assist percentage is 48%. Like you're going to get shots. Like don't, don't if you're, if you're that kind of guy, if you want shots, I, I mean, if you want open shots, but if you want, Let's just say you're Trey Young. Like, do you want to play with Luca? No, you don't want. But nobody wants to play with Trey Young, Zan. Like, Trey, <laughs> whatever. Trey like, say you're available. He is. A, he is a, a Texas kid, right? Or Oklahoma kid? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He went to Oklahoma. I don't know where he's. Is he from Oklahoma too? I think so. Or he might. I don't know where he's from. But like, who is the ideal sidekick? Is it? It's probably like a Kyrie Irving. Kyrie type. Irving. Yeah. He's from Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, his dad went to Texas. Texas. Was it Jalen Brunson? I don't know. No, I don't, you know, it's interesting, like, and he he was in, he was in Oklahoma when he went to school, like he went to Norman okay. High School. Anyway, sorry, Trey Young, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but they were but, talking about like trades, like, would you think it's that, or is it like a no, OG and a newbie who's like an elite defender? Yeah, you probably didn't, Zach Lowe like made a comment about how like, if the, if the Raptors like fell off the map, that like, that was the guy that the Raptors needed to trade because like yeah. his trade value is so much higher than people think. Like they'd be stunned to see what you'd get for OG Ananubi, who is an awesome player. No, I think the guy you want is, I mean, I think you want Clay Thompson. Realistically. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or you could just be like, yeah, your point to that point, like he's obviously overqualified. No, no, no not Clay, Clay, not Clay Thompson. Now. No, no, I'm saying that like, because he is, uh, he's overqualified for what I'm about to say of like being a role player, but like maybe just want, to go from pretty good three and D guys to like elite three and D guys. Yeah. Mikel Mikel Bridges would probably be a pretty yeah. good fit. Like I and again, he's probably not quite he's a better defender. He's not quite the shooter that Clay was. Like the, the the what you want is somebody like that who can literally like win you a game without having to dribble the ball a ton. And and yeah, those guys Desmond don't really, Bain type, he would be good. Maybe, but like those guys aren't available. That's the other no, thing. I know. <laughs> that's you know, that's a problem. You, you talk about team building, right? So there's a couple different ways to do it. Like Dallas is, you know, they drafted Luca, right? They made the trade. They got Luca. They, they've, they're trying to build their team around him now, like through some drafting, through like some free agency signings, things like that. But if you look at the teams that have won the title recently, right? So Golden State, like they had Steph Curry, they drafted him, they drafted Clay Thompson, they drafted Draymond Green, drafted Jordan Poole, like filled in the, the gaps, right? They had Kevin Durant, they had Andrew Wiggins, whatever, right? If you look at like, Cleveland, they signed, they had all mercenaries pretty much, right? If you looked at, I mean, I guess they drafted Kyrie, but they got the number one pick. Like Dallas isn't getting the number one pick anytime soon. Toronto, same deal. Like they made a huge deal to get Kawhi Leonard, but then they drafted Siakam. So like if you're Dallas, like you need to be thinking about like kind of clearing the deck, I think. Like you need to be sitting there being like, all right, 
what star is going to become available, who fits next to Luca, mm-hmm. because you're not, it, it, it's just so unlikely that with Luca, you're ever going to be in a position to draft somebody unless you do like hit on some late round guy or some late first round guy. But like, that's hard to do. Even these guys we're talking about, like Giannis was the 15th pick. Kawhi was the 15th pick. Like Clay Thompson was like the 11th pick, right? Like Dallas isn't drafting there. They're going to have to hit on somebody at like the 25th pick. And well, so- it would have to be like, Josh Green turned out to be Pascal Siakam, right? Like, yeah, or whatever. You know, like he, you know, year four, he actually turned out to an all star, or even like Green a might be good. Jaden Hardy, like, like a Josh Howard type, like as good as that would be fine. I don't know. I Josh think you need Green better. I think I think you need better than that for the way Luca yeah. plays. I think you need better than that because, like, look well, at like the way LeBron's teams won titles, like Kemba Walker, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Kemba Irving. What Kemba Walker is that the guy you want? No, um, he's on the maps now, right? Yeah, I know he is. I say Reggie Thomas, Bullock, he's, shoot, he's available. <laughs> Reggie Bullock shooting 31% from three. That's not ideal. But yeah, I think they need maybe need like a if you were gonna say, like, do you want like a three and D big, like you know, this is obviously wishful thinking, like Jaron Jackson Jr. or something, and then the elite shooter like Clay Thompson, who could really, you know, okay. Like here, here's here's one. If you switch John Morant and Luka Doncic, Memphis would be the favorite to win the title. Yeah. Right. Do you think, but you're not going to do that. Yeah. So if you were a shooter, maybe you want to play with Luca. Like, what would Luke Kennard shoot with Luca? Oh my gosh. What is your deal? You're back on this Luke Kennard thing anymore? (laughs) I love Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard shooting 48% from three. You don't think it's worth talking about? I think, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's worth talking about, but like Tony Snell shot like 45% from three for That's years true. and it like was not a plus player. <laughs> He's available. They should have signed Tony should Snell. Sign Tony Snell. It's a, we talk about Tony Snell a little bit too much. What I mean, I, I honestly, like, so Clippers, what's your prediction for MVP? I would take Jokic right now, betting wise. I mean, plus 450. I, I wouldn't bet on Tatum. I do think I am, I am less Luke Kennard 0 for 3 from 3 on Tuesday night. 0%. 0%. Um, played. 17 minutes, too. Uh, I think I would take Jokic at plus 450. I am not dismissing Durant. I understand from a gambling standpoint why you would. I think if if Brooklyn – I almost called them New Jersey. Wow. I mean, I still haven't called – I've called the Chargers San Diego every day of my life. Yeah, so, me too. You know what I mean? Like, what about the Washington football team? What do you call them? I call them the football team still, not the commanders. <laughs> but – um so anyway hold on back are those vintage like football team jerseys gonna be like those valuable were, one day those were awesome i don't know they should have stayed as the football team like that was great but anyway they're now they're starting carson Wentz. like things are bad in dc ron rivera's coaching with like a blindfold on but they keep like locking into good scenarios like everybody loses when they need him to it's it's, it's wild um i think durant is going to keep in the race like i, I think what do you think durant is back in the race forget mvp because i as i said i think it's less likely given age do you think he's back in the race for best player alive yes. best offensive player alive like and he's playing he, good defense and he, so you would say like he had his chance two years ago you know foot on the line could have beat milwaukee could have led a team he was the best player in the world right then by the way like i know yeah. i think we talked about this after the fact but it's like oh we're doing all these things to like kind of like denigrate Durant and like ah maybe he's not that good and like he was unstoppable in a series they had no business being in yeah he carries that team to like he was almost way, beat the eventual champs goes to the Olympics but clearly best, best player, player in the world like I and maybe think, two years later a year and a half later he gets that back it, my fear for him as a Durant apologist and the stan is like if he ends up in that same situation again where it's like He's doing amazing, and then they just can't get over the hump in the playoffs against like Boston. Everyone, you know, claims that he—that's evidence that he's not the guy. He's right in there. I do. I do think. I mean, his mid-range shooting is just—is just like ridiculous. And it, you know, for his age, yeah, he's made. He's wearing made, tear. He's shooting sixty-two point six percent from two. I want to say like LeBron shot sixty-three percent one year from like from two as like a twenty-seven-year-old or something. Although I will say this, like as much as we say Durant can score on anyone anywhere, in the playoffs it does get tougher. So you like you do need we've seen him like struggle with so much defensive tension if his teammates aren't doing anything. So like he does need those guys to step up. If he up. stays like if he stays so locked in those and like here's the other thing, like you need like one reason why Kawhi was so successful in the playoffs is like he's able to get his shot in tough locations and and make them right. Chris Paul, same way. Like I know people have said that he struggled or whatever, but like you're talking about a guy that's shooting 
from 10 to 16 feet, he's shooting 60% from the field. From I would say this claim. If if you turned injuries off, I think I might pick the Nets to win the title. What do you think of that? Like I, just, I don't know if they're the best, but I, I do think... I, I think when the going bit. gets tough, he'll score. Kyrie, I think, I, is going to show up in the playoffs. I, do, I, I just worry a tiny bit about the Celtics' ability to mm-hmm. be very physical. And now here's the thing. Like, I think the, I actually think the Nets, like, in a lot of ways, like, the Nets, like, secretly got a lot better. They needed, like, Durant and Kyrie to have, like, huge years, right? But in a lot of ways, like, they improved a lot of their weaknesses in years past where it's like, oh, they don't have bigs, like – you know, they're, they're really bad defensively. Like, you know, Claxton is quite good at what he does. They, he, you yeah. know, he won't be as playable in the playoffs because of the free throw thing. And then maybe Ben Simmons falls under that same category. But like, you have two guys who are defenders. You have TJ Warren now. You have shooters. You two, you to Watanabe is like, yeah, you two are. What they do Luke Kennard, he's shooting 54% from three. That's your yeah. new favorite player. Royce O'Neill's in there, right? They've got enough, like, I hate to use like intangible phrases, but like, They've really like improved their grit, if you will. And so like I I just think that like I don't know if I'd pick them to win the title. I I, I worry about their ability to handle physicality against Boston. Yeah, Boston does seem thing. like a bad matchup for them. And and I do think against a team like Philadelphia, like who will be so good on offense and then also has Embiid, I worry about their ability to guard somebody like Embiid in a seven game series. Now that said, Brooklyn. I, I don't know who's going to like actually stop them, if you will. But again, they well, played they played Boston. Yeah, I they would put them, at home. They scored less than hundred points. Like I, that's why I would agree with you. Boston and Milwaukee are probably ahead of them. I would put Brooklyn in the tier though of legitimate title contenders. I, I don't think Brooklyn. I don't think Milwaukee's better than them if Chris Middleton is like not going to get healthy. By the way, like if we don't know what's going on with his knee and he's missing games here and there, like I don't think Milwaukee's as good as Brooklyn. I would say Brooklyn. I think is the second best team in the East. And Philadelphia kind of quietly rising. Harden, as you said, is playing well. Maxi will come back. Denver has that like potential too, where it's like they're kind of chugging along. I think they have the upside to get there. Clippers quietly 21 and 20 and 15, which is good these days. Doesn't sound that great. I mean, they're the four seed. Like they they've got more yeah. wins than Phoenix. Like Dallas is the sixth seed. Phoenix might have to fall off that list because 20 and 15, they've had injuries, but it just doesn't feel like they have like the momentum. You know, I don't know. Why is why is Jay Crowder like not on a team? Like, what is going on? Why yeah, is he on Phoenix? Like, Phoenix needs him. Phoenix needs to like needs a little jolt in the arm. I think I, I don't understand that. Like, once um, Cam Johnson got hurt, and I know like that, that, that that's a big loss, right? And like Booker's been yeah. kind of in and out, and like it is what it is. Like they're they're fine. You know, like they're gonna make the playoffs. They'll probably miss the playing game. Like it, it's fine. But like. Why aren't they signing another another wing? Like, well, I don't you think? Like, let's play this game maybe to end it. Like, I'll give you. Dwayne Washington scored like thirty points for them last night because they needed him to do that. I'll give you a team, and a title contender, or hopeful, and you tell me whether if you were the GM, you'd be like, "We have enough, we'll ride it out, hope for the best," or you're like, right, "Not quite there. We need an extra pinch of salt or a little extra. I'm in on this. Know, mushroom in there. Okay." Mushroom? So, is that what people really I'm add? watching like, British Bake Off. So like, you know. They add mushrooms? Or like Sometimes truffle? you add mushrooms. Okay. Little, all right. A little Parmesan <laughs> on the end, a little lime zest, spinach, lemon zest. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Hit me. Um, Boston. I let it Boston. ride or tweak and tinker? Um, I would let it ride. I'll give you one caveat. I do worry about their, like, the Horford-Robert Williams, like, health pair. Like, I think you could go out and try to get yourself a third big that like you'd feel a little bit more confident in. Like, I, I don't think you really want to go in the playoffs, like having to rely a ton on Blake Griffin and like Luke Cornett. Right. But I think Boston's fine to let it ride. They're good enough. Their playoff rotation is pretty much set as long as those. Or should, it should be called things. pinch me like, Oh my God, I have a dream okay. team or pinch assault. Like you need a little, addition. anyway, we'll work on the title of this game. Milwaukee, let it ride or. I, uh, I'm concerned about Milwaukee. Like we've talked a little bit about Brooklyn and like health and all that stuff, but like, you know, Milwaukee was like more than happy to just like throw Joe Ingles in there, like right when he got healthy. So they they are playing a lot of older guys like George Hill, Joe Ingles, Brooke Lopez, Ibaka, like a bunch of guys over 30. And I'm worried about Chris Middleton. I think Milwaukee should probably try to be active and move. Yeah. That's a good phrase too. Like, let it ride or make some calls because, like, maybe we could add something. Like, you know, they just got Connington back. Like, he's played, like, you know, 15, 16 games, I think, at this point. But, like, Middleton's played seven games, right? Like, 
and has that, not shot well hasn't looked good it's a problem like if you're holding them out and you're like hey we can stay afloat and then we get chris middleton back and that's kind of like our trade deadline if that's the plan fine but chris middleton's 31 which is not young by nba standards i i think milwaukee should be looking for some he more looks depth. older doesn't he yeah he's just always kind of looked older but i i, I think milwaukee <laughs> i would like you said i i would be being active i don't know that i would be like you know what would, he looks like do you did you ever see jungle cruise we're talking about jungle cruise before. no i didn't see jungle cruise he looks like or pisac he looks like one of those like cursed people from like the jungle who's like <laughs> all right you know a little keep, like human but like not quite he, keep he, it moving i i <laughs> think like if i was milwaukee and like i could get in the mix on Bogdanovich or you know yeah. Kelly Olynyk or somebody Bogdanovich like I don't, I don't know that awesome. they could I don't know if they could Bogdanovich is going to be expensive for whoever does it and I don't know that they want to pay for him either because his contract is quite large but like that's a guy from Milwaukee that would take you to that next level and I think yeah I agree I think Milwaukee is like a title contender on the back of Giannis and they their roster could use some help yeah. Brooklyn I think I mean you always you want to kind of like look for a backup big I think but like. If I'm Brooklyn, like, I'm pretty happy with what I've got right now. Like, you want to kind of be able to manage Durant and Kyrie's workload. You need, At some point, you need to expect a little bit more out of Ben Simmons. Like, he's going to have to score a little bit more if they're going to be true, true title contenders. But, like, if TJ Warren stays healthy, like, that's a huge boost in terms of scoring. And, and especially, like, how they score. I think Brooklyn lets it ride. What Here's a little offshoot of the game. What if Kyrie comes to you and says, I feel the momentum, good vibes. Let me sign a max right now. I'll stay. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty for a guy like that. I I really don't know. I think they would have to do it. I think they would have to do it, but it's really interesting. Insult maybe to Cleveland because I'm going to say Milwaukee instead of Cleveland. Do you think that they're good to go or do I think Cleveland's good to go? I'm saying Philly. I'm going to put Philly ahead of Okay, Philly. I think they need to figure out what to do with PJ Tucker. I just think he's washed. Like, I I think it's, if he can't score, he's got like a nerve issue in his hand. Like, defensively, I understand that like his on off numbers are good, but like, I watch him. Like, I I just, they're not going to be able to play him in the playoffs unless he like finds the fountain of youth again, like he did for Milwaukee, where we were like, hey, this guy stinks. And then all of a sudden he was useful. I don't know, but I, I think in, I think in a league we're talking about scoring is easier than ever. He's scoring three points a game in 28 I, minutes. I, I don't know what to do about him because, like, we know they can't play Thibel in the playoffs, right? So, like, they're going to need to like figure out what to do with with one of those two guys. And I think I think they need to be finding a wing. Like, and PJ Tucker giving him a two and three year contract was one of the weirdest decisions. I think. I mean, he's still I, shooting like 38 percent from three, but it's just like I don't. They, they don't even need him from a scoring standpoint. Like that's not what he needs to do. He just needs to be playable. And I just don't think he is. Yeah, I agree. Um, Denver. I guess Denver to me is probably okay. You know, they, they still when I've watched them and I, I've probably seen 10 Denver games this year. I won't claim that I watch them every night. Aaron Gordon dunk, by the way, the other night was just one of the yeah. sickest dunks I've ever seen. Um, I think they're still really trying to like integrate Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. Well, Michael Porter's numbers to me are just not what you'd expect. And so I think they can let it ride personally. I do think there needs to be like, I don't know that I'd look look to add something, but like maybe I'd like take DeAndre Jordan like out into the woods with like a broken compass and then Oof. just like drive away, you know? Like, I don't think that, like, that's something I would do. But I think, like, Jeff Green has been pretty good. Christian Braun, I think, has been pretty good as a rookie. I think Denver is a legitimate title contender. I, I yeah. actually really And there's, do. like, so much uncertainty within the roster. I think they'd have to, like, let it settle a little bit before you make conclusions. Clippers, I think, probably the same way. Just, like, see if you're healthy. I don't, I Last don't know. Last one I'll give you is Phoenix, though, because we just talked about Phoenix. Like, yeah. do you think if oh, can I, can you're not I getting actually... Jay Crowder back, let's presume, they'll get yeah. Cam Johnson back. So what do you do? I think they'll probably just let it ride. I, I don't know really what they can do. Like, I, I think – so, like, I like their roster fine. I don't think Chris Paul is built to play deep into the playoffs anymore. I don't think that's his fault. Like, he's 37 years old. He's already small, like, whatever. But, you know – there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of like, you know, they're playing Tory Craig, Damian Lee, Landry Shamit, Biombo is like, you know, kind of the same the guy that we thought he was, I think, you know, last year. But I I, I think they're going to let it ride. I don't really I, I would want to get another wing like I'd want to sign Jay Crowder. Right. But yeah. And I, I just wonder if they're like, you know, there's so much kerfuffle with Aiton in the offseason. They're like. Are they happy? There's going to be like, OK, well, you honestly know what I what I think would really make sense for Phoenix. Like. Phoenix should try to get Mike Conley. Like 
another like older like very good point guard and I, I don't know how they could do it i don't know how they could pay for it like in terms of like phoenix's assets they just really don't exist right they don't have young players that they can trade but like that's a guy that i think helps phoenix quite a bit i think kelly Olynyk. you know i keep talking about jazz players but those are the guys that are available like i think he helps them quite a bit like eric gordon i think helps them quite a bit but like mm-hmm. i just don't know what phoenix can realistically offer because like you're probably looking at teams like that wanting a first round pick and phoenix's first round pick is probably too late to like really yeah. be that interesting. I, I, and they I don't have about, those young guys that are appealing. Can I talk like about New Frost. Orleans really quickly? Like, yeah, because I, I thought they were fine, but you, you think they need to tinker? I think that New Orleans should probably be in the market for more shooting. I don't think that New Orleans needs to do anything crazy. I certainly, if they could replace like that Garrett Temple, maybe they could move like Jackson Hayes, right? Like Jackson Hayes is good, I think, but he like doesn't really play for them. If they could move like Jackson Hayes and somebody to bring back like a legitimate another three and D wing, like to pair with Trey Murphy, I think that would really help New Orleans. They can play a lot of different ways right now. They're really exciting. You know, Brandon Ingram has is kind of not the guy right now that we thought, but like Zion is tremendous. Like CJ McCollum has been awesome for them. I I really think New Orleans needs to be in the market for more shooting right now. Like I think they well, want that's another guy who can make an open three, who can guard. Because, like, I, you know, as much as I like, like, Jose Alvarado and Najee Marshall and Dyson Daniels, even Devontae Graham, like, I think there are some realistic concerns. If you're New Orleans right now, I think they're fine in the regular season, right? Nobody really plays this way. I think New Orleans has four or five guys that I'd be very concerned get played off the floor in the playoffs. And I think if you're New Orleans, like, this is kind of like the Sixers a couple of years ago. You remember when the Sixers won 50 games, like, maybe a year ahead of schedule? Like, if you're New Orleans, I think you got to be – thinking about flipping the switch right now. Like, hey, we just re-signed Zion. He's healthy. We're going to get everybody back. CJ McCollum's 31. Like, I don't know how much time we've got with him. We've got young guys, like, try to win, right? And so, like, I just, I think New Orleans should be in the market for another shooter. To that point, I didn't realize Oh, John Bogdanovich. There you go. He is, yeah, it's sort of like when they signed J.J. Redick. Like, the idea was to, like, surround Zion with shooters. That didn't work. But to your point, they are 24th in the NBA in three-point attempts this year. Like, so my my question is, like, Jackson Hayes is a guy that I, I think you could build an, a, a, a reasonable package around. I don't know who would really want Jackson Hayes. Like, I'm not sure who's in the market for, like, a young, bouncy big man with, like, a criminal history. Well, like knows. an Eric Gordon, is that enough, that kind of guy? I think I'd want... We talked about him being not more of a reputation. I think I would you. probably want somebody a little better than that. Like I said, if I was... Bogdanovich? Orleans, You're saying Bogdanovich? Bogdan, would be, Bogdan, Bogdan. Yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich would be the guy that if I was New Orleans, I would be heavy after. Because, one, you have him for next year, two, if you sign him. But the problem is, I don't really know. Like, I wouldn't want to trade Dyson Daniels. And I certainly, certainly, certainly wouldn't want to give up, like, you know, that top potential top five pick. But... Oh, that would be interesting. They have a ton of future picks too, right? So like New Orleans has is in a very unique position where like they have a bunch of picks they could give up from that Lakers deal that will potentially be very good. And one reason I say like, you know, you should be more aggressive now is because one, I think the field is like relatively wide open, right? Like Boston's probably the best team in the NBA, but like they're not unbeatable. So if I'm New Orleans, like do I really want to wait until like 2024 or 2025? Like when I get a high pick and like build around Zion when he's 25 years old, like maybe you do. But every time we've seen somebody do that, it like hasn't really worked for them. Right. Like you need realistic, good talent right now. And I well, think that, like that's a great point yourself- that like in contrast to Phoenix, that doesn't have anything on the bench really in the reserves on the farm team. New Orleans has a lot of appealing little pieces like Dyson Daniels. If they wanted to, they could get a lot. I think, for them. I think they want to keep Dyson Daniels. Yeah. I do agree with you. Like, I think you could build quite a package around Dyson Daniels. Yeah, like, and I, that I, pick. Like, I mean, you're talking about the Lakers pick and Dyson Daniels. Like, I'm, I'm That's saying like, like, like that. Yeah, you could get like Trey Young for that. Yeah, but you don't. You know, they don't. They don't want that. Don't get me wrong. But like Brad Beal, I don't know. Again, you don't really want Beal with McCollum. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think you want to like. You want to try to be very like strategic in terms of like what players you go after. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you don't want to trade that for Luke Kennard, but you want a guy that's like similar in that regard to Luke Kennard, right? Yeah, like, and that's or, where and maybe it's maybe that's why like they might 
see the season play out and then be like, okay, what do we do with this Lakers pick? Yeah. Afterwards, because like too. if it's I mean, number two versus number six, like that's a big difference. Like what? What do you think? Like I wouldn't trade the Lakers first for Buddy Heald, but like a guy like Buddy, right? Like that's you know a guy like Malik Beasley under contract. Like that's the type of guy I think they should really be like trying to come off of. Like, can you get in and jump the line on somebody who is maybe not thought to be available that would really help what you specifically do? Right. And that's where, you know, and again, I don't know. There aren't a ton of guys that I think are like absolutely available. Like I, I wouldn't like try to get Jeremy Grant. Like, you know, I don't think I'd go for a guy like that, but I don't know. There are a lot of like very good players that I would go after. Yeah, I think you're right. Like they have a, sh- a puncher's chance of making the finals. Like Malcolm Brogdon was like probably a guy that like yeah. you should have thought about in the past. And obviously, like he's not going to be available now. But you know, but, yeah, I do team. like Malcolm Brogdon too. I was thinking about him for some teams just because he can play multiple positions. Good guy, good shooter. He's not being, you know, I don't know if he's being used to his maximum potential in Boston. But o- sort of OG, OG and Anubi probably actually does make the most sense for them. Like in terms of you have to give up a lot. Like, do you think Toronto would take Dyson Daniels, Jackson and the, Hayes, and a first? Well, if it's the Lakers pick. Not the Lakers. Not not this year's first. But like I think it would have to be the Lakers pick. You think it would have to be. That's a guy yeah. that like makes a ton, a ton, a ton of sense for them. Because like you can't get, you know, Gordon Hayward is another one that I'd look into but again he makes so much money don't know if he really wants to play basketball like that kind of bothers me a little bit but anyway you want to end uh, there for this week yeah it's a lot of fun stuff right i mean like you know we are you know it sounds so cheesy but like we are witnessing greatness in all these players like in 50 years i mean people might look back at this era and be like an asterisk on like a juiced ball a type era but like these are historically good players that we get to watch i do want to throw this out here you didn't mention cleveland but uh evan yeah, mobley, I, didn't, I didn't think evan mobley who like everybody seems to think is like just not very good is like quietly one of the best defenders in the nba and, and uh, I, I just penciled them in because i figure like they would love to add you know maybe a wing but for sure like you don't want to be playing your boy isaac okura but like i just want to throw this out for evan mobley he's averaging 14 and a half points a game rebounds up to nine He's shooting 56% from the field. You know, it's it's getting better. Like, we might turn around and Evan Mobley might be one of the best players in the NBA in two years. I just want to throw that out there. That's it. That's my I, yeah, last thing. Yeah, I, I think you maybe put them in the New Orleans category. Like, they're here faster than you thought. You should probably be very active. If they, yeah, if they, like, shut down Milwaukee and win in the second round, don't be shocked. I, I, I mean, think think about this for a second. Like, this, this will be the last point I make. Toronto went for it when everyone just assumed – Kevin Durant and the Warriors were going to win a third title, right? There's no team like that Warriors team out there right now. So why wouldn't you be being aggressive if you're a team like Memphis, a team like New Orleans? Like, open your window, you know? Your window is, like, halfway open. Like, shove it all the way open and see what happens. Yeah. So, anyway. Window. Get some Aaron. All right. Yeah, get some Aaron. That's it for us this week. Uh, he is Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show uh, at Ellison at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back next week. As always, Zan. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 